Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. The theme of today's show is Who Defies Justice. I'm going to talk about movies that are related to justice, but whether it's the true justice, we don't really know. First of all, let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today: A Guilty Conscience. After his negligence causes an innocent woman to go to jail, a lawyer and his colleagues work to clear her name. Okay, the introduction was pretty short, but I think it explains the plot very clearly. Apparently, it's about a story in which the lawyer still has a conscience. The topic's based on how an amazing lawyer beats rich people with his courting skills. The box office of A Guilty Conscience was more than a hundred million. Hong Kong dollars in Hong Kong. Actually, I think law-related or court-related dramas have been popular recently. There were several Korean dramas talking about lawyers or courts. As we heard in the introduction, after the protagonist made a mistake and sent an innocent woman to go to jail, he's notorious. So he serves regular Joe with very cheap prices to comfort his guilt. Even though we heard that he and his colleagues want to make up his mistake, but that specific case is related to a famous couple, or should we say, a famous family in Hong Kong, and their lawyer would use everything they can to control the media, the police, even the justice. And within the court itself, the protagonist has to face the judge and fight with the rich people with his courting skills, vowing to bring justice to his client. Aside from the protagonist's intriguing performance, we can pay extra attention to the wife and the mistress in the movie because they used to play. Sisters that are very close to each other. Even the actress who plays the wife in this movie said that she really wants to kill the person who played the mistress. Her characters in A Guilty Conscience are a beautiful and rich wife and a model mistress. And actually, the emotions between these two characters are very complicated. They were actually friends. But they become enemies because of a man, and that even triggers to a torture case that shocks whole Hong Kong. If you're interested in Hong Kong's justice system, I recommend you to watch A Guilty Conscience. After taking a look at a movie that's related to justice in Asia, let's go back to Hollywood and see what we have for the second new movie, John Wick Chapter Four. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the High Table, but before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe, and forces that turn old friends into foes. Wow, the second new movie we're going to talk about today is John Wick Chapter Four, starred by Keanu Reeves. Of course, this is related to justice. We all know that. Keanu Reeves' character would become so angry if you touch his dog, 
and that's basically about the story in every John Wick movie. But this is already Chapter Four. There must be something new about it besides new cast and upgrading the scenes. In order to film John Wick Chapter Four, Keanu Reeves had to practice something for nine months in advance. Actually, it's something we already saw in Chapter Two. It's called Car Fu. It's a combination of car and kung fu. Well, after the explanation, I'm pretty sure you still don't know what that is because I don't know either. But apparently, it's a kind of fighting that combines car and guns. We can see a car moving backwards for 180 degrees or 270 degrees, maybe some drift, even spinning forward for 180 degrees. Actually, I don't know what that means. Does that mean the car spins in the sky? Well, even the director promised that you won't be able to find anyone in Hollywood that drives better than Keanu Reeves. Well, I have to say, maybe Tom Cruise doesn't agree. But even so, Keanu Reeves thinks that this is the hardest performance he's ever made since he started acting. He has killed 299 people in the previous three episodes in total. I don't know who counted that, and I don't know how you would be able to count that. But it seems that this episode is going to own the coolest, the most, and biggest action scenes. I don't know if that means he's going to kill more than 300 people. But if you're someone who think The action scenes in previous three episodes were already a lot. Then this one that claims to be the most is really going to be full of a lot of action scenes. They not only tried to challenge the limits, but also was the most difficult action movies in Keanu Reeves' acting life. Of course, I think once again Tom Cruise may not agree. But at least we know all the John Wick movies are great. Before I reveal how special this week's Top 007 is, let's review what we had from last week first. Top three: Marry My Dead Body. Top two was Suzume, and top one: Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. So let's check out. Top three: 65. Send help. Cocaine bear. A bear did cocaine. There was a bear. A bear. It was far. Hey. Marry my dead body. Top two. Creed three. You don't remember me, huh? Shazam. Fury of the God. Now everyone's kind of like doing their own thing, and I'm the only one trying to keep it together. You understand, I'm a top one. Screen six. You got a problem here, guy? Suzume. Wow, all the seven movies on the chart. Or top three to top one. That is because, except Cocaine Bear, 
that's popular in both Taiwan and the U.S. The other movies are either only released in Taiwan, or it's so popular in the U.S. but it's not so popular in Taiwan yet. But since within all these seven movies, I've only seen *Marry My Dead Body* and *Shazam: Fury of the Gods*, and we've talked about *Marry My Dead Body* for several weeks. Let's talk about Shazam. And since this is the first week I talk about it, I'm not going to give out spoilers, but I will mention something that's in the trailer or the plot description. So if you don't even want to know that, you can turn it off right now. But if you don't mind, then you can continue. If you know me, you will know that I'm a big Marvel fan. I don't really care about DC, but I've seen Wonder Woman one and two, the Robert Pattinson Batman, and Joker. So I would say that's quite a lot. But the only reason why I went to watch Wonder Woman one and two was because of Chris Pine, and you know he died in the first one. At the time, I thought, "Oh, good! I'm not going to watch the next Wonder Woman anymore." But then, well, he resurrected, kind of. So I went to watch it again. And with Batman and Joker, I got invited to the screening, and that's why. This time, Shazam also is a screening. I wouldn't say it's bad. I gave it six point zero, but I think I might be biased. According to movie critics. The first Shazam movie was pretty good, but this one isn't as good. The antagonists are actually the highlight of this episode. Besides the Oscar-winning Helen Mirren, there are Lucy Liu and Rachel Zegler. Although director David Sandberg didn't want to say anything about Rachel Zegler's character, we can make sure that it's definitely a character with a very key status. As for the Oscar-winning Helen Mirren, she's actually very kind and friendly. Before she arrived at the shooting site, everyone was so nervous because they were afraid that she would be very serious. But actually, the very first day she arrived, she was very energetic and very involved at the shooting site. Coming into the second episode. This is a brand new adventure for these young heroes, and of course, the threats are more difficult to handle. When it comes to the reason why they combine the story with Greek mythology, the director explains that because Shazam's superpower comes from Greek gods such as Mercury's speed, Hercules' strength, Zeus' power, Solomon's Wisdom, Atlas, stamina, and Achilles' courage. Therefore, the antagonists would be three Greek gods, and they will attack the whole Earth and the Shazam family because their father's superpower was stolen. Did you see the complex here? I mean, the director didn't want to say anything about Rachel Zegler's character, but in some interviews, he did say that. The antagonists are three Greek gods. Hmm, that's very interesting. But anyway, there's more to the character, and you will find out if you go to the theater yourself. 
After I went to the screening, some of my friends were asking me, "Oh, is this worth watching?" I would say, if you like the first one and you feel that you're already a fan, you can go watch it. But like the after-credit scenes, the first one was pretty interesting. But the second one, I would say, is only for DC fans. Like I'm a Marvel fan, and I stayed until wait. I always, I always stayed until the end of credit. But the second end credit scene, I was like, okay, I don't understand at all. Now I understand what people feel when they watch Marvel movies. But anyway, just like I said, I gave it six points out of ten. So it's not bad, but it's not super good. It's funny, yes. If you want to enjoy some superhero comedy, you can go watch it. You won't be disappointed. But that's it. And I'm pretty sure it will stay on the chart for a few more weeks. And one day we will get to the spoilers. And that's all the time we have for today. Hope you like the show, and remember to tune in same time next week at Screen Screen. I'm Viola. See you next week.